exactly right. You knew that. USA Today writer. Yep. So national writer for USA Today. And Atanasio's looking right at him. I guess he's in the room. He's like, yeah, Bob, guess we don't get a lot of respect from you usually. And he kind of was joking, but kind of not. This irks a lot of Brewers fans. I, I, I have to admit. That's a Milwaukee thing, right? Uh, I, nobody cares. Nobody cares. Like, who cares? <laughs> who ca- Just win. Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios. This is Wisconsin's Morning News. Here's your host, Vince Petrano. I thought the primary was Tuesday. How come I didn't see the presidential candidates on the ballot? All we talk about is the presidential primary. That's not how it works. This is the spring primary and then the spring general election for the municipal offices. The presidential preference primary is tied to that latter general election for mm-hmm. the municipal offices that is still coming up. Let me ask another question here, sort of tease what we're going to be talking about in this segment. How can you be eliminated in the primary election, but yet still be running and alive in the general election? Sounds like a trick question. It is a little bit of a trick question. Get to that in a moment. But a couple of headlines from Tuesday to take away from the pre- uh, from the spring primary Looks like pretty low voter turnout. I think at my place, I was <laughs> As like... expected, 18 people voted yesterday. Yeah, right. I went into my place in the afternoon about when I usually do, and I can be anywhere from three or 400, a little voter number, and I was like 140, something like that. But that's pretty typical for a municipal primary right. uh, in February. And it kind of snuck up on you. I mean, we talked about it. We've talked a lot about April 2nd which will, of course, include the presidential preference primary. Thing could all be said and done by then anyway, as often is the case for Wisconsin. Nonetheless, you haven't talked a lot about uh, February 20th, which was this primary. A couple of bigger things, though, that weren't primaries and the school referendum. We've been talking about it on the show for quite some time. A lot of local school districts across our state are going to be asking voters for a whole bunch more money. I think the total is going to be in the billions when you add it all up. If not billions, at least north of a billion. Sure, close. I mean, you have city of Milwaukee alone is going for two hundred fifty million. That's a quarter of a million right there. So, a lot of money at stake. And a couple of these referenda were binding and included in this also this spring primary. And the three that I'm aware of all got shot down. Mm-hmm. Waterford was the biggest one. It was ninety one million dollars in total, and they've actually been at this for a few years. Uh, one of the questions, it was broken into two questions. One of the questions was $77 million. That was for repairs to infrastructure, things like that. $17 million to upgrade athletic facilities. And why this one is different in Waterford than many of the other ones that you're going to be seeing, they wanted to do stuff with the money. They wanted to make physical improvements to the district. They wanted to build things. They wanted to upgrade facilities. Yeah. Many of the referenda that you will see on April 2nd, perhaps there's one in your community, are like keep the lights on revenue increases of we haven't kept pace, our district thinks we haven't kept pace with state funding over the last decade, decade and a half. We're in this hole now where we have to make up a gap or we got to start firing people. And Despite so the, this you got to do to keep the lights but, on. So I keep going back to the shared revenue bill that was signed Fixed in the law. It. Fixed that everything. was going to help uh, education and school districts across the state of Wisconsin. And here we are. And I know we've talked about that and you've explained some of that, but I, I wonder, like, you almost wonder if the way lawmakers promoted that, if they almost did a disservice to districts, because I'm sure there are some voters that are saying, wait, you want, you want more money when you just got this shared revenue? Didn't you just tell yeah. us we're getting boatloads yeah. more like, money into our local change. municipalities? Yeah, and this is going to be phenomenal for the state's education system and all that stuff. And 
Maybe that's not enough. Clearly, it wasn't enough money, right? I you mean, can have that, school districts everywhere across the state it, suggesting yeah. that it is right? not phenomenal enough, not near so. Right. So that is out there, but uh, the first several of these referenda that we're going to be seeing this spring have already failed, voters having rejected those, uh, most notably, again, that huge one in Waterford, where they've tried a couple of times before this. All right, so how can you still be on the April ballot if you lost yesterday in the primary so milwaukee mayor cavalier johnson won the three-way primary in his race to become mayor to retain his seat as mayor he's going to be facing off against uh, david king who got only 10 percent of the vote load voter turnout there sure think what did we have mayor johnson at 86 percent or something like that so barring the unforeseen he goes ahead and rolls to victory the odd candidate out i mentioned it was a three-person race the odd candidate out is a woman named aisha griffin if that name is at all familiar to you, maybe for a couple of reasons that, I don't know, I, I suppose some people like it. Uh, she is running right now, currently under the slogan, the Poor People's Piece of the Pie campaign. Okay. That is her campaign slogan. And it's a little bit less sexy than her previous campaign slogan. Now, she has run for everything in the last decade and a half. She's run for state office, uh, state legislative office. She's run for these municipal races, and she loses every time. For a decade and a half, she has been running and losing over and over again. She made the biggest headlines back in 2010. First time I remember hearing her name. This is when she lost a court battle to have her desired ballot slogan, which she needed to register with the Wisconsin Election Commission. Like it was going to be printed somewhere mm-hmm. officially. And every candidate had to submit a slogan. And she wanted hers to be not the white man's B word. Ah, yeah, that that could ruffle some feathers. Rhymes with itch. Yeah. Okay, she wanted that printed. And the Elections Commission was like, "Mm, I don't (laughs) don't think so. They went to court, and actually the courts ruled against her, I believe. I don't think they ever actually ended up printing that. Nonetheless, she has lost every race, lost again Tuesday in an effort to face off against the mayor. Back to the earlier question. She is still alive on April 2nd. Because, according to the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel, I haven't looked up the, the new ballots yet, but she is running for two other jobs simultaneously running for Milwaukee County Executive and running for Milwaukee Alderwoman in District 3. And in neither of those races were there enough challengers to force a primary, so she just automatically advances to the general against... So can you you do that? Can you you have both jobs? Evidently. I think there are some cases where you can't or where you can't run for. I think if you're an incumbent, you can't simultaneously run to keep one seat and then run for another. There are some rules about that. Perhaps this shines a spotlight on how little these people do. <laughs> at least, or, or at least Perhaps how little these, things. These elected officials aren't doing as much as we think they're doing. Is this- <laughs> like, I just run for all of them. Like, where's an open seat? All right, here, basically any open seat that she could, she ran for. I guess, right? Because her aldermanic seat right. was up, so she threw in for that. But I'm saying if she were on the off chance to win both of these seats, it would be something. Could she do them both? Yeah, well, she's she's not going to beat County Executive Crawley. Likely, no. Right. He's, so, he's very popular. I don't know if that's, for, for him, just a mere nuisance. I'd love to see them debate. <laughs> She's got some fiery stuff to yeah. say. It'd be interesting. Don't know that it ever comes to that. If I were advising Crawley, would I say, go ahead and debate her? No. <laughs> Just go ahead and take your win. Hey, it's democracy. This is yeah, how it works. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Again, if I were advising Crowley, <laughs> no thank you on that. Don't need it. Don't need to get cornered into anything. You're going to roll. And as far as that automatic seat, that could be more competitive. So I'll have to look at you know, who she's running against and whether or not she has a chance. That I think she's running against an incumbent. So likely then next election cycle, she'll run for six more things. And wonder what her campaign slogan will be next time. 820 on Wisconsin's Morning News.
coming up at 825 on Wisconsin's Morning News. They had the video. Did you see it? I did. I did. <laughs> was it Today's Show or GMA? But somebody had the video of the horse you were talking about. I saw before. an unmounted horse galloping down the highway. Galloping it was. <laughs> it sure was. That thing was racing. So, yeah, actually, it was. It looked like it was running pretty good too, at a decent speed. Unmounted horse. So this is outside of Philly, or going into the city of Philly on ninety five, I ninety five. There, uh, early Tuesday morning, it was a sight that made everyone snap to attention: a horse galloping on the interstate. A couple cars had their four ways on, and I looked ahead of them and I saw an unmounted horse galloping down the highway. <laughs> That's Angelo Palmer. Guy. So Angelo, I want to have a beer with this guy. Angelo's a uh, Angelo. school bus driver, and he was minding his own business. He said when he spotted, <clears throat> was he? He was driving me, bus I, at the I time. I get emotional when I talk about horses on the highway. Uh, he was driving a school bus. Yeah, when he saw this happen, and he did admit, you don't normally see that, especially that early in the morning. <laughs> yeah, you know. <laughs> right. I mean, you, normally, if you were to see a horse on the highway, probably three o'clock in the afternoon, afternoon commute. <laughs> yeah, you know, from time to time, you'll see horses galloping on down the freeway. Yeah, yeah. but um, not in the morning. So Palmer, <laughs> Angelo. So Angelo said that uh, what he did. This is a great idea, actually. So people are calling 911 or not. He took his school bus and he drove it and kind of didn't herd the horse, but he drove it alongside it. Kind of like kept pace with it? Yes, in order to protect it. So it wouldn't like go sprinting out in, into the roadway. And also just to, you know, keep other cars from maybe, you know, just, he was, felt like he could be the wingman, if you will, of the okay. horse and help it out. He made out okay. So that's good a good thing. Yes, good outcome. Yeah, so it turns out they were eventually able to corral the horse. The owners, an urban riding school. So a riding school in that area. They're, they're still trying to figure out how it got out of its stall that it escaped and was able to get out on the highway. But they showed up and were able to help take the horse home. Horse wasn't hurt. No one driving was hurt. It was just a something that you got to see on your Tuesday meal. Please tell me Angelo made eye contact with the horse <laughs> when he pulled up to it. Like, I got you, horse. I got you. Not used to seeing this this early in the morning, as he said. But I got you. We're gonna get you. We're gonna get you back. Okay. Eight twenty-seven. Wisconsin's morning news. Twenty minutes before nine o'clock, I mentioned the breaking news here. Adam Roberts joins us live in the WTMJ Breaking News Center with uh, just some early initial reports. Adam, we don't even know exactly where this is, right? That's right, Vince. This is very early going. I'm talking just the last few minutes. Uh, the scanner's reporting an explosion in the industrial area, roughly around the 4500 block of Burnham. That's just west of Miller Park Way in West Milwaukee. Of course, a lot of industrial buildings over in that area. We're still not sure if or at which building it is. Uh, so we're working to learn that information as well. Uh, we do have a report of one person being administered CPR on the scene at this time. We're working to get more details. We'll pass those along as they become available on WTMJ. Uh, Adam, thanks much. And again, if uh, folks know that area, it's Miller Park Way through there right before it turns into the stadium freeway. So about 45th and Burnham, but very busy stretch along there. We'll keep up to date with authorities in West Milwaukee and here in Milwaukee County as we continue to investigate that situation. 841 on Wisconsin's Morning News.
843 Wisconsin's Morning News. Things getting busy in a hurry here. Milwaukee Mayor Cavalier Johnson is updating the situation with the Republican National Convention this summer in Milwaukee. question on everybody's mind is, what is the security zone going to be? These different layers of security downtown. How will it affect business? How will it affect for people who work downtown? What if I want to do stuff downtown? Yeah, so the mayor holding a news conference right now. Established, you know, folks still will have uh, some ability to enter there, but when you get to the harder perimeter, that will be He's inside the security the zone there. Now, he did say uh, secret this is live right now. Yep. This is happening there right will now. Be additional so the part of the news uh, conference uh, was to uh, announce that they are establishing a website for frequently asked questions that Milwaukee residents or businesses or others that okay. work in and out of Milwaukee may like, have. Like, for example, can I get to my job yeah, downtown? Right, right, and when yeah. am I going to find out if I can get to my job downtown? <laughs> Correct. So he's at, he says so there's going to set up a website. Now he's what showing, I'm showing you now this is the overall perimeter that the Secret Service will likely operate in, in some form or fashion. Within that includes a soft perimeter on the outside. So he's showing uh, a, on a the inside. Is that new? Hard this look new to me. It, it's so this is the general landscape for. Okay, where I don't want the general the landscape. Yeah, yeah. I want the lines. When do we says know the lines exactly are, right? He says the lines uh, will be official, official when the Secret Service unveils that. So he's just showing a little poster. You'll see this all over. All the websites, uh, and we'll get it as well uh, shortly. But it's basically 794 to the north um, and just east of the Interstate 43. And not probably terribly unlike what we were going to see Correct. in 2020. We kind of went through this already. It's just, right, the specifics and, yes, communities all across our country have hosted national conventions before. So true. there is a thing. Secret Service knows how to do that, but... Folks are starting. I've talked to a lot of folks who work downtown or have offices downtown or just do things downtown, live downtown, who right. are starting to get concerned about, I need to plan out my business. Right, yeah. I need to tell people if they're coming to work here at our office or are we supposed to move to a work from home for a yeah, week or two we? weeks or what? smart play? Yeah. You know. Got to start getting some answers to that. You said somebody asked a question about visitors. <laughs> yeah, and uh, the mayor's face is very funny to me. Somebody just, asked well, what? if you're what, just like, visiting Milwaukee that week and it's not about the convention, you just want to be in Milwaukee that week. Ain't nobody <laughs> doing like, that. He kind of looked. He's like, well, I, you know, this is, you're going to have to work around. You couldn't obviously. possibly have gotten a hotel. <laughs> right? <laughs> if you're staying with friends. Um, so a story that we teased earlier, some scary moments. This is another one where there's video of this and it's been on all the networks this morning. Scary moments on board in an American Airlines flight. This one from Albuquerque to Chicago Tuesday when passengers say a man sitting in the emergency exit. Have you ever sat near there where the uh, flight attendant will come up and say, hi, oh, so you are in? in yeah, you get, the, you get the extra leg room. Yeah, the door is right, right. there. You get but to they like, come to you and say, we may need you. Yeah. Like, if, if we're in trouble here, you may be asked to open this door. Can you right. do that? Well, some guy tried to open the door while they were in the air. Not the, the safety mechanism down. He had both hands on the lever, and he was, like, yanking it. And he's a big dude. He was, like, probably maybe, like, 250, 300. That's Blaze Ward. So he saw this all happening. So he's this. in the seat. Mm -hmm. Blaze Ward is in the seat next to the yep. door. And he saw and him do this. Here yes. comes this guy. I'll yeah. just go ahead and open this now. So listen to what he says here. This is fascinating to me. He says right when he sees what's happening, when he realizes the moment. I was dumb for a moment, I have to admit. Like, I looked at him and I saw him and I saw what he was doing. And I decided to yell at him like an idiot. Like, he didn't know what he was doing. And it was after that that I got up and, and kind of jumped over. And me and two other guys kind of got to him at the same time. So it kind of, it didn't click. Right, he, and he was just like, um, "I yelled at him," but then realized, "No, I actually have to grab the guy." And that's when two others too, like, man, we talk about these everyday hero heroes, man. Like, 
People just saw and acted. Not everyone would. And he even admitted it. Like, I, it took him a good few seconds, if not longer, to finally realize, I got to stop this dude from doing this. Have you ever been in an emergency situation? Um, like something that you would think, like... No, other than, like, maybe witness a car crash or yeah, something? I mean, the only thing I can think of for me was uh, I saw a guy was at the, at the driving range, and a guy, uh, I later learned, had a heart attack. But he, like, went down. It's just guy hitting balls next to me, and this guy goes down. And so I remember I'm, I'm putting myself in this guy's shoes of where he's like, boy, I was dumb for a minute. I'm like, you know, yeah, oh, what do you yeah. try to talk to the guy? But like there was for me in that moment of an emergency of like you first are like, is this really happening? Huh? This guy fell down. And then And then I started looking around oh, like right. somebody should do something. Right. And then you're like, I'm somebody. I have to do something. But it takes a second. It takes a beat. If you're not a trained first responder to even really identify. So I kind of I appreciate what this guy said. I was emceeing an event once where someone went That's right. To, Recently, yeah, right? It was a year ago. Emceeing an event. And all of a sudden, there's some hooting and hollering. Uh, not hooting, but hollering and, you know, in this commotion. one area. Commotion. Thank you. And uh, once we realized what it was happening, I... I basically just said, "Hey, does anyone have an AD? Can we go find one in the, you know where we were?" In but it took you a beat, right? Yeah, like, like, oh, oh this what's is, this about? This is a serious problem yeah. over here. Somebody anyway, needs in, to do something. In this case, I mean, he started making movement on that door while they were grabbing. Him. I could hear the actual difference in pressure. There was a whistling, and so we got him. We got him out of his seat. We unbuckled the the harness, pulled him down onto the, the ground, and that's where we applied the duct tape and uh, one of the flex cuffs. Flex cups. Isn't that amazing? <laughs> like, okay, here, because us flight attendants know right where that stuff is. Okay, here it is. Let's tie this guy up. Here's this, this another good soundbite. I just love these ones where they kind of describe what was happening at the moment. So, this is his description of the man once he confronted him and held on to him. When I grabbed him, like, he turned around, he gave me this look, like, excuse me, sir, what the hell do you think you're doing? Like, I had just picked up his drink at the bar. <laughs> Pardon me, I am opening this door, yeah. if you'll mind your business there. So anyway, thanks to Blaze Ward and those others. The FBI now investigating this yeah. situation, by the way. They were able to get the plane down and take this guy into custody. My other favorite soundbite from Mr. Ward. It was a memorable flight. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> you're right. A lot of us are going to remember being on that plane. I wonder, though, when you're in that seat, yes, they ask you whether or not you're able to open the door if they need you to. Does that make you the keeper of that seat? Like, are you responsible for this guy? Oh, if you're standing next right. to that I mean, guy? Look, I said I'd open the door if somebody told me to. <laughs> I didn't think I was going to have to police the, to the door. Some other person? Yeah, that was not in the description. Ten minutes before nine on Wisconsin's Morning News. What happened here? Did you play that by accident or what back there? <laughs> He's on the phone. He's working. Right. Let him be. Usually, get, usually tells me I'm not, I'm not. If I have bumper music, I don't like. Remember, he went at me that one day. I'm like, because yeah. because I don't like to criticize Greg's work. Greg Pancake Hill. He's the producer of the program. Most of the bumper music is things that I've asked for. <laughs> Every once in a while, I'll throw one in there, and if I don't like it, I'll usually say to you, like, mm, I don't care for that <laughs> yeah, one. And I say, why don't you tell? Just him? tell Greg. And why Greg, are you the, telling me? The one time he comes on the air, he's like, I didn't write the song, Vince. If you don't like it, just it's fine. We won't play it. It's actually been a minute since you told me you didn't like a bump. So I don't know if you were just kind of glazing over, but I'm glad that I at least got you. With I didn't that even know one. the show was on. That one's out. <laughs> See now that Done. went too. Now I went too far. Now, yeah. he, now he feels bad. I didn't write the song, Vince. <laughs> so our guy, Mark Atanasio, Brewer's principal owner, is at spring training, as is our guy, Dom Catronio, yes. right here at WTMJ. So it's 
I think he does this every year. I think it's pretty typical. The principal owner goes mm-hmm. out, and on the first day of the full squad workout there at American Family Fields of Phoenix, Atanasio talks with the, the press, if you will, the baseball writers and some of the TV folks who are down there and folks in the radio as well. And Dom's at uh, Atanasio's news conference yesterday, and we heard this from Christian Yelich, Brewers All-Star, you know, that teams or national pundits don't typically pick the Brewers. You know, even when the Brewers have been good, it's not they're not the sexy pick for winning the division <laughs> no. ever. And there's a little bit of consternation over that. Atanasio sort of touched on it a bit as well. You know, last eight years, we're one of the three best teams in the National League since I bought the club. In 2005, we're one of the four best. Uh, that gets disregarded largely uh, in the national media, Bob. <laughs> <laughs> I saw that. Dom posted it. I'm like, who the hell is Bob? <laughs> That's Bob Nightingale. <laughs> exactly right. You knew that. USA Today writer. Yep. So national writer for USA Today. And Atanasio's looking right at him. I guess he's in the room. He's like, yeah, Bob, guess we don't get a lot of respect from you usually. And he kind of was joking, but kind of not. This irks a lot of Brewers fans. I, I, I have to admit. That's a Milwaukee thing, right? Uh, I, nobody cares. Nobody cares. <laughs> like, who cares? Who ca- Just win. Right. Well, that's my thing is... <laughs> Fans, and I love the Brewers as much as anybody, right? And I, and I think we could be good this year, and every year I think that, mm-hmm, and I want mm-hmm. us to win, yep, and yep, 82 yep. and all mm-hmm. the yep. Okay, fine. But I do keep going back to the old Brian D. when he was doing sports for us here. Yeah. If you want us to take you seriously, make us take you seriously. <laughs> so win the whole damn thing, and then That's they right. have to pay you're attention right, you're to right. you. You know, you can't, just, you can't just keep making the playoffs and not making noise. Now, we did go to the NLCS what, a few years ago. And that was a big deal. Almost got there. But, man, win the whole thing, and then you'll get the respect you deserve. I mean, the Packers are widely respected, right? They're the the sexy pick. Mm -hmm. Well, you win for three decades, and you become the sexy pick. right? Hey, um, also, taking things seriously, it's going to have to be an issue the MLB deals with now. The union demanding that there be some changes to these uniforms. I don't know if you've heard the story, so... Nike and the uh, the groups there have come out with a new uniform that's a little bit stretchier and easier to play in. They say it breathes. You see, it, it, it's much softer. I mean, imagine playing games and your team is five degrees cooler than the other team. Don't you think that would be an advantage? <laughs> they're cooler, they're more comfortable. Yes. They're so anyway. with the Yankees. Yeah, yeah. So these jerseys have more stretch, but they seem cheap and they kind of look cheap. In fact, one Orioles player said they look like they're off the rack at TJ Maxx. So now the union head demanding some <laughs> issues be fixed on this. So they're looking into it. I don't know what that means. Uh, my favorite, though, was from Manfred. So the commissioner last week was asked about it, and his comment was, First and most important, uh, th- these are Nike jerseys. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll see what happens. But there is movement now. They might have to fix those jerseys. Well, I guess his point was, look, we didn't go off the bargain rack somewhere. We had These are legit right. Nike jerseys. Yeah, if you don't right. like them, all right, we'll talk about it. Keep an eye on that one. WTMJ forecast sponsored by Dave Camp Heating, where your comfort is their family's tradition. High of 56 degrees today, and tonight's low down to 38 with a slight chance of showers late. We've got the business headlines up next. Here's the Milwaukee Business Journal's Margaret Nacha. And the Yankees take the field. And what is with the Yankees? They look like they're having trouble running. They can't move. It's their uniforms. They're too tight. They've shrunk. They're running like penguins. Forget this game. Oh, my God. Mattingly just split his pants.